there is no vision or plan, you really end up in the same cycle that you're in today. It really is the Albert Einstein insanity definition of repeating the same thing, expecting a different result. Best ever listeners, before today's episode, I want to invite you to join us in Keystone, Colorado, February 20th through 22nd. It is the 2020 Best Ever Conference. And not only do I want to invite you to join us, I want to invite you to earn 15% for every ticket that you're responsible for selling should you join as an affiliate for the conference. Great way to earn money. And also, if you're planning on attending, great way to pay for your ticket, essentially. You get enough sales. So you can go to BEC20.com. And in the top left corner, it says earn 15% as an affiliate. You can click that, join the affiliate program, and you got all the resources that you need to share the good word about the Best Ever Conference in Keystone, Colorado. And we will be talking more about this on future episodes. But for now, go check out BEC20.com and that affiliate page. You can earn 15% as an affiliate and we will see you in keystone colorado best ever listeners how you doing welcome to the best real estate investing advice ever show i'm joe fairless this is the world's longest running daily real estate investing podcast where we only talk about the best advice ever we don't get into any of that fluffy stuff what's us today gary boomershine how you doing gary joe pleasure being on here again i just love what you do and i've been following you forever so it's just a, a blast and i'm really excited to deliver some great value to all of your loyal listeners Yeah, I'm looking forward to it as well. And Gary founded realestateinvestor.com in 2005 out of the need to scale and grow his real estate investing business and home buying business. And he noticed an opportunity to leverage people, process, and technology to gain a leg up in changing the competitive marketplace. He actually just got back from a mastermind in Mexico with some real estate entrepreneurs and has some things he wants to share with us that would add value if we implement them to our business. Based in San Francisco, California. So with that being said, Gary, you want to just give a refresher on your background and then let's talk about the latest and greatest stuff that's going on. Yeah, no, for sure. I love this niche. I grew up in an entrepreneurial family. I was a licensed agent. We had a real estate brokerage and my parents were buying rental houses in San Francisco back in the 70s and 80s. Literally two weeks after turning 18, I was a licensed agent. (laughs) 1987, I'm kind of dating myself. I just turned 50. Did that, paid for college by cold calling and door knocking and open houses and all that stuff. But I got a computer engineering degree. I really was not thinking about technology. I was thinking about Silicon Valley and the whole startup world. So I did computer engineering, got a degree, and then went over to a large, actually the largest consulting firm in the world, technology consulting. It's called Accenture. And I did that and then a bunch of super well-funded startups on the sales side where I moved and I was selling 500 to $5 million software packages. But it was really 2004, my wife and I decided, hey, let's go back to what we know and got really passionate. So 2004, I went full-time real estate and gosh, I never looked back. I bought and sold hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of houses. I do a lot of private lending today and taking advantage of the current market doing some wholesale flips and some creative deals. And I like brick and mortar. I think, Joe, I know you do too. You look around. I was in San Diego a couple weeks ago presenting. And I told everybody, I'm like, look around. There's more product (laughs) right in front of us than any other industry. And there's more money to be made if it's done right. But it is a real business, right? It is a real business. 
and you really do need to do it right. And once you do it, it can lifetime of wealth and generational wealth. And so I love this industry. I love the people in it. There's a lot of good people. I went full-time. My wife and I decided to do full-time real estate on the investing side. And I've bought north of 500 houses. I've done apartments. I do a ton of lending today. With this current cycle, I'm most passionate around wholesaling because if you can control the deal flow, there's a lot of money to be made. And, and I'm not huge on tenants. I live in California, so it's hard to actually hold property long-term. So I don't do it here in California, but it's awesome. And then on the side, as you mentioned, I built a company. Most people know us as REI Vault. We do a massive, massive amount of direct mail and outbound cold calling. I have an agency or a service for other investors where we're managing all their marketing, their lead generation, their cold calling for them. So that all they have to do is go on appointments that we pre-schedule for them. Mm -hmm. I've been doing that. I think we've sent out over 37 million pieces of direct mail. Holy cow. Yeah, isn't that crazy? That is crazy. wonder if you put them all in a room, how big that room would be. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's pretty funny. We have about 250 top producing investors and agents using our service today. And it's interesting because I moved into the real estate agency world as well, because a lot of them are buying properties and they're competing with Open Door and OfferPad. And so like I have the number one team for Berkshire Hathaway. They're in Omaha. They did over 700 transactions last year just on the agency side. So they're using us as their off-market direct response team and cold calling. Mm-hmm. And that's Jeff Cohn and number 43 top producer for Keller Williams. So it's really cool because being able to bring on people that are really doing this business in large scale. We're able to find out what works and all kind of change with the market, right? The market's different today than it was two years ago. You mentioned prior to us recording that you just got back from a mastermind in Mexico with, I believe, some of these individuals you've mentioned. One, how'd you get involved in the mastermind? And two, what value do you get out of it? Great question. I'm actually involved in nine masterminds, believe it or not. Wow. You pay for all nine? I do. Actually, all but... How much do you invest per year on masterminds? Uh, Whatever I invest, it's a massive ROI. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. So the masterminds are anywhere from $5,000 to... I've got one that I'm involved in. It's 50,000 bucks a year. It is the easiest check for me to write. I'll give you a couple of examples. If anybody follows my podcast, I'm a huge believer... As business entrepreneurs and being with like-minded people, people that are smarter than you. So I try to go to places and with, hang out with people that know more than me mm-hmm. and inspire me. And that's had a huge ROI. And then number two is really good CEO coaching, like one-on-one CEO coaching. There's not a professional in this world, sports, musician, weightlifter that doesn't have a personal coach. Mm-hmm. So that's a huge one. So the one that I love the most, it's called the Multipliers Mastermind. It's all A-plus players, all seven and eight-figure people in the real estate niche. But it's so much more than business. We talk real stuff. We bring our wives. It's actually on the beach. So there's 40 or 50 of us sitting on the beach. We work out in the morning. And then we're talking about real stuff, like real stucks, because Real estate, I think, is actually pretty easy when you've been doing it for a while, but it's how do you balance that in life? How do we keep our marriages intact? How do we be leaders in our family? And I'll tell you, man, I was a workaholic, Joe. I could go off on this topic alone. I think having balance and learning, real estate investing, a true real estate, Warren Buffett said this, a real estate investor is somebody that has money, 
and they buy and they hold. They're a passive investor. So most people that are wholesaling, fix and flip, rehabbing, where it's a single transaction, that's a business. That's not a real estate investor. And all businesses need CEOs, right? So if you're sitting there doing $10 an hour work, I always say you're going to have a $10 bank account. And I think it's really easy for many of us to get trapped into the rabbit wheel when we really got into real estate for the freedom, the time and the money, the family, right? Being able to contribute in a bigger way. So that's why I do masterminds. My wife came, was incredible for our marriage. We're coming up 25 years and- Congratulations. Yeah, thanks. So yeah, I'm involved in that. I'm involved in Kent Clothier. He has boardroom. Mm -hmm. I was part of Collective Genius for years, Jason Medley. Those are all seven figure guys and gals. Brad Chandler was in there and Billy Alvaro. So just being with people, man, that are real, that can help us with our blind spots because there's a lot of, I call it like the eight or 12 trap doors in real estate. You go through the wrong door, it could be a massive rabbit hole. And so I hang out with those people to say, hey, what's working and who do I talk to and how can I shorten my time to market? How do you allocate your time to nine masterminds? Well, this was not something I created, but I have the rule, came from a CEO coach, of 5-10-3, Okay. So I wake up at five. I used to have massive time issues and I was late for meetings. I never felt like I could keep up. I was a workaholic. I'd work weekends, nights, holidays, traveling, vacations. I was always working at the cost of my kids and my wife. And so I have a coach that said, Gary, how do people that have massive businesses, how do General Electric, like Jack Welch, right? They have the same 24 hour day. You've got to think like a CEO. So the first one was 5-10-3 is I wake up at 5 in the morning. I don't start my business day until 10. That gives me five personal hours. I journal. I read scripture. I don't look at email. I don't look at Facebook. It's all personal time. I clean the kitchen and do my acts of service for my wife. I make her coffee. (laughs) I leave the coffee. I go and I work out. And then during those five hours, I come up with my one thing. It's now my three things. This came from Gary Keller. Yeah. I started with one thing and over the last two years, I've been able to do, what am I one thing that's going to move the marker today in the business? And then my three hours, the five, 10, three, the three are the three hours that I'm truly going to put my horsepower into this business to move the marker. And then I'll look at email and do other things. So I'm able to do everything that I need to do in three hours. So that was number one. That was a life changer. Number two is we've implemented traction. So we're a huge, Gina Wickman has a, he has a book called Traction. I know you've heard of it. Of course. Listeners. Yeah, all of us. But we are a huge traction. I have Randy Tossig. He's a coach. Hired him out of Virginia. He's been with us for four years. And he literally flies in almost like our board and he runs our meeting. So I've got 80, almost 90 people now working for me for realestateinvestor.com and on the real estate side. And we're distributed. We have no office. So what I do is once a quarter, we rent a big fat house. I fly in the management team. We've been to Hawaii. We do it in cool places. And then we basically follow EOS of putting together, looking at how we did on our rocks. And we do a hot seat. We just follow the process and reset of exactly what we need to do for the next three months. And then we execute to that. And so that's been a game changer. And I've got a lot of people in REI Vault that have come in and we've kind of gotten them on that kind of track as well, which has been really been fantastic. What are the three things for today that you came up with? My three things today, 
we're working on closing an office building right here in my town. It actually has a gym. <laughs> I found it because I actually have a new personal trainer and he used to own the gym in this building. Mm-hmm. And so we're in the process of working to make a creative offer. A deal just fell out. The seller's super motivated and the deal just went sideways. And so we're going to see if we can get owner financing on it. So that was number one. And number two is to reach out to Chris Arnold, who runs multipliers, and mm-hmm. get on the phone with him. And we recorded a video for everybody in the mastermind. I'll give a little giveaway. The best leads, we're seeing the absolute best, like the crappiest leads that all of us have that we've passed on, that were deals that we passed on, or sellers that said they're not interested, we are crushing it off of working those old leads. So I just did it with Chris Arnold. In one week, our team ended up connecting with 1,200 sellers. We've got 62 real opportunities, and they already put one deal under contract, and they got three more right behind it off of one week, just working the worst crappy lead. So for all your listeners that do direct mail and cold calling, some of the absolute best leads are the people that you've already talked to that you probably missed and they're sitting in, maybe you have a phone system like CallRail or Podio or Freedom Voice or whatever it might be. Those leads are gold. So we just walked through those numbers. The other thing that we're finding, the market's changing. It's more competitive around direct mail. So what we're finding is it's, you've got to tighten up your sales skills. So this is not an order taker market anymore. It's really being able to make multiple offers to sellers and be a lot more relentless on fine tuning the sales process. And people that do that are crushing it right now. And others are actually finding that their businesses are not doing as well as they were two years ago. So anyway, that was the second thing on my top three. (laughs) And the the third was a family issue. I'm taking them for Labor Day. We're going to do fly fishing in Montana. So it was a personal thing. (laughs) Good stuff. Yeah. So you're very intentional about what you focus on. And I'm still trying to reconcile how I would spend from 5 a.m. to 10 a.m. Because this 5 a.m. to 10 a.m., no business, right? Did I... No business. Yeah. I don't know what I would do from 5 a.m. to 10 a.m. I heard what you said. You said you journal, read scripture, clean the kitchen. I work out. And you work out. Okay. So there's one hour, but still, that's a whole lot of time. Can you break down those five hours in terms of what percentage of time goes where? I would probably say I'm two hours in the gym. Okay. So I'm a fitness nut primarily because I hit 50. My wife calls it my midlife crisis. But I'm definitely into health and wellness. So I just find I'm a better human being. I'm better with my team if I've gotten cardio in. So there's two hours. I'm probably a good hour and a half of journaling Mm -hmm. and scripture. And my journal is really interesting. What I find is that when I'm actually writing my thoughts down on paper, I don't even have to go back and look. It's the mental kind of focus on what I'm thinking and where I need to go. Like a week ago, I redid my perfect day. I went and I looked at a couple years ago, well, actually 2009, I started this. It was Frank Kern, you remember, but I put together like, I was very unhappy. I was about 45 pounds heavier. I wrote my perfect day and it was night and day. And so I'm getting, I'm definitely very much closer. So I went in a week ago and in that time I said, you know, I'm actually going to look at that and refine it and just make sure that it's still congruent to where I'm heading. Let's see, what else do I do? My wife and I, have our own. We took traction and we actually implemented ourselves for our family. 
Mm-hmm. So there were some things on there that I was kind of working, like we are working on a family calendar and being more intentional on that. Anyway, just interesting things. Also, I'm about ready to record a video. I think as leaders in our family and our businesses, one of the things I found is that being an initiator is a characteristic. And what I found is I'm an initiator in my business, but I'm not in my personal life. Like I'm not the one that reaches out to friends saying, hey, let's get us together. I'm usually the one waiting for somebody. So those are the types of things that I'm able to do. And the businesses, I found that doing that, the businesses are healthy and I'm healthier and I've got happy, happy people on the team. And then for the listeners that are solopreneurs, Joe, I would just say, be real intentional with where you're heading, because if you don't really know where you're heading, because I did this for years and I wish I had this information years ago, but just knowing where you're heading of what you want life to look at will give you a trajectory. And if there is no vision or plan, you really end up in the same cycle that you're in today. It really is the Albert Einstein insanity definition of repeating the same thing, expecting a different result. Mm -hmm. That's really helped. And I journal around that. I journal around where do I want to go? What do I want to be doing? I'm not a big high volume real estate guy as an example. I have no interest in doing hundreds of deals a year or hundreds of deals a month. I'm more around the time, around having the time. And then it's all about more of my time. I'm deal splitting with some people around the country where I'm playing like their VP of sales. And I'm doing it really because I love it. But I'll get on the phone for 15 minutes and renegotiate a deal. Like I have Tyler and Jennifer in Dallas. And I take a small percentage of their profits for deals that I make money for them. But they lost a deal, deal went sideways. And I get on the phone with the seller and I revive it. And I spend 15, 20 minutes doing what I'm good at on a $40,000 deal that went sideways. And then they win, I win, and it's a good ROI on my time. And so sure. that's, that's the type of stuff that I'm enjoying. That makes sense. I'm also very ADD, so I do have to be involved in lots of things. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, but I mean, I would say the focus of the five hours in the morning, though, I mean, that's, in my mind, it's almost like anti-ADD because you're doing one thing for an extended period of time, like journaling. When you journal, what is the process and is it in a word document or it's physical piece of paper first off i write like a doctor it's so illegible that i usually can't even read it (laughs) so i write down thoughts i have so rei vault i bought like hundreds and hundreds of journal you know like the little booklets that i can give out to like our our members and stuff so i have probably like seven or eight of those Mm -hmm. and i just pull one up and i open up a page and i just Right. I've been trying to do it on an iPad. I got a new pen-based iPad, but it's not working for me as well. It's just, <laughs> just a journal. So I'm writing down thoughts. I really don't go back to it, but I do find that I have action items, things that are actionable that will come onto that piece of paper. Hmm. And then usually I'll highlight and say, okay, these are the things that I definitely want to put into action. For anyone who does not journal, what would you say if you can, say, is the ROI from a business standpoint you receive as a result of journaling? It's so high. It's not even measurable. It's actually a life-changing. I was a workaholic, probably like a lot of us in this business, that it's easy to get a little lost. So I have found that journaling, it's also, you know, you think about it, it's like you got to read it, you got to hear it, and you got to write it. So that's one of the reasons why I journal. 
and kind of getting clarity of thought. So I think the journaling for me has, it's grounded me. It's given me more clarity. Like our business, we have no fire drills. If you talk to our team in the Philippines, in India and in Mexico, here in the States, there's no fire drills. I used to always like the whole team would be running on fire drills, Joe, like a lot of us. I have lots of skills on from my business background, but when I started my own business, it was very chaotic. And what I found is as a leader, there's a guy, his name is Ed Thompson. And he said, you got to fix yourself before you can fix your business or your people. And I'm like, gosh, you know, that's so valid. So if we're chaotic and we're scramble brain and we're running on fumes and going left, going right, and then changing direction every hour, your team is going to be like that as well. Mm -hmm. So I found that journaling helps ground me and allows me to give clarity of vision to the people that I lead. And I think nurturing the people, especially if we're active real estate business owners, either with a team or planning to have a team, being able to leverage people is just as important as leveraging money. So we all think about leveraging money for real estate. Well, leveraging people is as important, if not more. Being able to have somebody working for 10 to $20 an hour, and you're maybe able to make $200 an hour off of them. Instead of you doing it, if you run the math, that saves probably, it could be 500 hours a year. 10 weeks for some people if they if just having somebody do that work. And so I find that journaling allows me to come into those perspectives. Again, I just write it down. Sometimes I doodle, I draw triangles or circles. It's crazy. And so I do that and I try to spend at least an hour, hour and a half doing that of the day. And some days I'm off. I find that every single day you kind of have to restart but I do those things that 5103 rule has made a big impact. Now, I'll tell you another thing. I hung out with Intuit. It has QuickBooks and massive mm -hmm. company. Well, I talked to the senior vice president. I actually skied with him, friend of a friend. He's the senior vice president, does all the recruiting for Intuit, hires over 10,000 people a year and all their executives. And he told me, because I was telling him about this, and he said that most CEOs or executives in Intuit in Silicon Valley do the same thing. He said, it's all about balance because the CEO is really like the captain of a plane. They have to be healthy. And if you're working hundred hour weeks, it's not a best practice. It's working and being very intentional. So hopefully that helps. Very helpful. Went off, may have went off a little bit of a tangent in talking about real well, estate. <laughs> well, it's all connected. Yeah. Right. That's the thing that I had a challenging time understanding when I was starting out. And the more I got into real estate and being an entrepreneur, the more I realized that it starts with the mindset and then everything else filters from there. Got to have a strong body, got to have a strong mind, and then you have a strong business. So thank you for that. So taking a giant step back, what's your best real estate investing advice ever? It can certainly be along the lines that we were talking about. It doesn't have to be transactional based. I would say, number one, remember Robert Kiyosaki defined the definition of wealthy. Most of us got in this business by reading Rich Dad, Poor Dad. I know I did. I know most of the people that I've come across got in. And, and Robert Kiyosaki said, the definition of wealthy is when your passive income, meaning mailbox money, you can be anywhere in the world, but your passive income is greater than your expenses. And that's the definition of wealthy. That's what gives you the freedom. And most people that I know got lost. So they've created a job and they're very focused on 
having $10 million or $100 million in their bank accounts, a constant moving target. In reality, it's a fairly small number, right? Most of us, if you had all the toys and vacations covering your mortgage and stuff, it's probably like fifteen dollars to $20,000 a month is really what most of us need. So you really only need a certain monthly number. So really focusing on that as the end game financially, as opposed to like, I do 200 deals, wholesale flips a year. Because at the end of the day, it's the money in your bank account, not about your top line revenue and your lifestyle. Somebody is basically dead, but they able to do 120 deals a year. You're not going to be remembered. And especially by your family. Number two is I was at a shareholder event for Warren Buffett a month ago in Omaha. It was awesome. But he said, we just keep it simple, stupid. It was K-I-S-S. Keep it simple, stupid. And I think a lot of us over-architect the business. It's really just a marketing and a sales business. It's like finding deals, buying them right, and then selling them right. Or if you're holding for the long haul. But he also said, buy low, sell high, don't lose investor money, and don't break the laws. Follow the local laws. He goes, that's what we do. And Berkshire Hathaway's hundreds of billions of dollars in assets. And I think there's so much wisdom to that. So those are kind of the three things that I would share that I think are very real for every one of us in this business. Very powerful. Mm -hmm. Thank you for that. We're going to do a lightning round. You ready for the best ever lightning round? Absolutely. All right. First, a quick word from our best ever partners. Best ever listeners, go to BEC20.com. Look in the top left-hand corner. You can earn 15% as an affiliate. You can join the affiliate program and participate in the conference that way and basically earn a free ticket to the conference, BEC20.com. What if you could earn 10000 per month net cash flow for life? Now you can at the Residential Assisted Living Academy. Gene Corino teaches you how to take a single family house and turn it into a cash flow machine. Visit RALacademy.com to learn more. What's the most challenging business experience you've come across to date? Partnerships. Actually, partnering with other people in a partnership, especially when we're not equally yoked. And that's been the biggest challenge, not even on the real estate side. It's just making decisions in a partnership where we're, we're not in unity. What's a question you would ask someone knowing what you know now in order to mitigate the risk of a bad partnership or one where you're not aligned? Well, equally yoked. Meaning are, I don't even know what that means. Yeah, equally yoked. Are, are, do we have the same set of core values? Okay. And core values to me, if you have the same core values, there's the chance of partnership. The other one is what specific single roles are we going to play? You're going to do this and I'm going to do this. And you get that right. But alignment of core values. What's a deal that you lost the most money on? <laughs> it was a retail office building in California that I had under contract for $1.2 million with owner financing. Mm -hmm. and it had a value of about eight and a half million and all I needed to do was an HVAC and get it rented and it was a smoking smoking deal totally creative zero interest financing I brought somebody in who ended up actually being investigated by the FBI and I found out 11th hour and my attorney said you should walk from the deal it gave me some reasons why and I just missed I didn't do the background on my partners that's the other one do background research so was that opportunity cost or was that you lost dollars? Oh, no. I a couple thousand bucks into it. 
it was definitely opportunity cost. That was the biggest error. I'll tell you one other one. It was an apartment that I picked up, and I didn't bring the right property manager in soon enough. So it turned into a meth lab. It was another bad deal. That's bad for business. <laughs> and the surrounding neighbors, should it go up in flames? On the FBI thing, what research would you do now, knowing what you know, for future deals? Well, I could have just typed into the internet the guy's name. Oh, okay. It was already public. It was already public. There was actually an indictment for the guy, and he ended up doing four years in jail. Okay. Got it. Well, if he's out now, maybe you can partner up with him again. <laughs> yeah. What's the best ever way you like to give back to the community? I constantly think about that. I do this thing. It's called Work is Worship, and we're bringing this into REI Vault with all of our members. It's almost like Amazon, but for leaders, but more of a faith-based message of really how to be great leaders. So that's one. We do Angel Tree every year, which is something I'm really passionate about. Serving is a big deal. It's actually my wife and I have that on the list of the thing we're not doing enough of. As a core value, our fifth core value is a heart for giving and a heart for growing. And we're actually realizing, you know what, we're not spending enough time on that, mm -hmm. on the giving. So that's the one area... And I got multiple. We're always fix-it situations, but yep. I'm not involved in doing enough of that. And it's definitely not even on my bucket list. It's on my action plan that needs to get done. How can the best ever listeners learn more about what you're doing? REI Vault is probably the best or realestateinvestor.com, but reivault.com. There's a lot of tools on there. I also have a podcast called realestateinvestor.com Huddle, and I'm on Instagram and Everything that we have is free. I don't have any courses or coaching. We have a service for a very specific, more experienced investor, but I love interacting with people and helping them. I get people hitting me up on Messenger all the time, and I'm, I'm open to that. A lot of life lessons, Gary, and I'm incredibly grateful that we had our conversation, the 5-10-3 rule, wake up at 5, start working at 10, don't do any work between 5 and 10 in terms of business stuff. With the exception of that one thing that will move the marker today, I think that kind of is a business thing, or it could be. But then three hours of really hitting it hard and doing it. You mentioned some things almost in passing that I wrote down that I need to do. I have a family calendar. I think that it's something that I will do. And then rewriting your perfect day. Well, first off, if we have not written our perfect day, I have mine laminated 10 years from now, and my wife did the same. We did that, I think, a year and a half ago. And it's laminated next to our nightstand. So each of us have our perfect day for 10 years from when we wrote it. But revisiting that and seeing if there's some updates that need to be made. And then being so intentional about your designing your life and being surrounded by the right people, joining the masterminds. I'm glad we took the conversation that direction to learn more about your thought process with why you join the masterminds, how you qualify them, and then what you do to maximize your time with them. So thanks so much for being on the show. Really enjoyed our conversation. Hope you have a best ever day and we'll talk to you again soon. Yeah, thanks, Joe. I love what you do, man, for the niche. Thank you for what you do. What if you could earn 10,000 per month net cash flow for life? Now you can at the Residential Assisted Living Academy. Gene Guarino teaches you how to take a single family house and turn it into a cash flow machine. Visit ralacademy.com to learn more.